Welcome to the Women in My World podcast. I'm Sherry Rigby. Do you need some inspiration in your life to keep walking in your faith as you step into your calling? Well, the Women in My World guests will impact you as they share their triumphs and their tragedies through the art of storytelling as we discuss the world today and how they are influencing it. The show is dedicated to women to put their faith into action by tackling critical real-life issues that will change and impact the world. I am excited to share the mic with celebrities, authors, influencers, trailblazers, and world changers as they dig deep into how they are overcoming by leaning into Christ. I am so excited to introduce you to my guest, Heather Thompson Day. Heather is serving college students and women unapologetically, and that's why I asked her to join me today. She hosts Viral Jesus Podcast for Christianity Today, where she takes listeners through digital communication and the power of social connections. She is the author of I'll See You Tomorrow, It's Not Your Turn, and Confessions of a Christian Wife. She's a speaker, a wife, and a mama, and I cannot wait to get this conversation started. Welcome, Heather. I'm so excited to be here. What a great—I have just been so inspired by you and all that God is doing in your life. And first of all, I feel like I should call you doc, Dr. Heather, because that's really—you are a doctor. And I was like— <laughs> I I'm am. Like, I was loving it. I'm like reading this, and I'm going, okay, she's so inspirational. And I love how she's giving back, and she's mentoring, and she's doing all these things. And I just thought—and she's a doctor, and she's a mama and a wife. And I'm thinking— this is going to be such an incredible conversation. So I feel like I should call you doctor because that's an honorable mention. You absolutely do not have to do that. My students don't. So <laughs> I appreciate it. It is true. Uh, but we, you can call me Heather. It's totally fine. Okay. Well, I'm I'm really thrilled to get our conversation going. And I have to tell you, every person that I get to speak with, I always ask this question because in in the entertainment and media industry, and I think you are part of that as well, is this is a critical question. And so I always want to start off as, how do you define success? Mm, That answer has recently very much changed for me. Mm -hmm. I think right now, I would define success as the ability to keep going, the ability to keep hoping, the ability to keep showing up to your own life, that feels like success to me. Wow. That's really good. I love that it seems really intentional to just be in the moment. And I think so often in our culture today, we have, we're challenged by being just present and being in the moment and making sure that we understand that success is getting through the day, the moment, the conversation, being putting our best foot forward. So I love that. That's, that's an incredible way to answer that. And, you know, I, I think about the, what you do as a professor and I loved, I was reading um, through some of your just the different things that you do. And I love how it says the calling, your calling is to stand in the gaps of our church for young people. And I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that because I think it's such a critical part of the conversation. So I want to, I'm going to lean into that. But before we do that, I want to know first and foremost, how did, how did you know, or when did you know that God was actually calling you to this? Because we're, then we're going to jump into talking about how you're doing that. But but when did you know that God actually called you in to this particular ministry in your life? 
So I'm going to quote Karen Swallow Pryor, who says this so much better than me. Um, she said, a calling comes from the outside. Hmm. So a calling is something that you are quite literally called to by other people. It's not just this internal experience. It's very much a, an external experience. And I would say that that was absolutely true for me in that when I, I can still remember the first day I was 24 when I taught my first class. And I remember going to my car and just crying in the car because I just, I, I said, oh my goodness, Lord, like I have found something that I would do for free. This, and the, the, the reaction, I was teaching at a secular school at the time, and I just remember there was there was like this moment in a lecture, it's a class, right? Like nobody typically wants to be there. And there was this moment where when I was sharing from my heart things about my life that was connected to the content, you could have heard a pin drop. Hmm. And that was just a moment for me where I said, okay, there's something special here between me and particularly like this next generation. I just, there is something, I can't explain it to you, but there is like a, they, they receive me and I'm able to receive them in a way that just feels very spiritual, Mm -hmm. um, even in a secular space. And so, yeah. So, and, and so thinking through that, I mean, I, I love that because I've, I've been in situations where I've talked to people who that's kind of their moment. Like all of a sudden they realize they're doing something that they knew they were always supposed to do. But when God literally put them in that moment, that's when it was like the floodgates opened, clarity came, and all of a sudden it was just that was it. They knew in that moment, this is exactly what I can be doing. If I give everything else up in my life, I know that if if I just focus on this— portion of my ministry or this call, this is exactly where God has me. And I love that that's exactly what happened to you with with such an important part of this generation right now and in communication and and the, the, the generation that's facing so many trials and tribulations that he's put you and bridged you and put you in that gap. It's incredible. And so you you're you're teaching and going back to that question then calling is to stand in the gaps of our church for the young mm-hmm. people. So here you are, you you realize this is the call in your life. What does it mean now to be standing in the gap between our church and these young people? Yeah, statistically by and large um young people are rejecting church. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so here's, I'm going to respond to you in a story that I think will encapsulate what I mean by that. I was teaching a class, a small group communication class for um, a, a very prestigious school, but an engineering group. So these were mainly guys who did not think that they needed a communication class for one. And also just like very like heady type people. Um, and I did an activity with them that we called black, white, and gray, where if you fully agreed with a statement, you would stand on um, like the black side of the room. If you fully disagreed, you'd stand on the white side. And if you were neutral, you'd stand in the gray in the center. 
And I gave all these different statements and I was trying to get them. The people, it became the job of the people on the right or the the left to convince the people in the middle that theirs was the correct viewpoint on that mm-hmm. controversial topic, right? So we're going through different topics. And one of the ones I did was, I believe that there is an intelligent designer. And the entire room went to the side that said, I don't believe that with the exception of, I think it was like one person who stood in the center. And it never occurred to me that the entire room, it was engineering students, so more sciencey people, but it just never occurred to me that that would happen. And I purposely said intelligent designer. I didn't even say God. So I thought I was being inclusive. Um, (laughs) And they all still, no, absolutely not. And so then I watched, you know, as, and they all knew I was a Christian because in the beginning I said, when I was introducing myself that I wrote Christian books. So mm-hmm. then I watched in horror as I, the Christian, had created a activity where <laughs> these people were all together telling this one singular person in the center why there was absolutely no designer, why there was no God. And I'm wow. thinking, oh my goodness, what do I do? Lord, like, do I say something? And I very distinctly felt like the Holy Spirit said, don't say anything. And so mm-hmm. I didn't. And I watched them argue this person over to their side. Okay. That was the end of that activity. I never said anything. (laughs) Throughout the course, there was a a particular student um, who was very vocal and he said, you know, if God is real, then he is angry, then he hates women, um, all these different things. And and said, I used to be a Christian and here's the reasons I'm no longer one. Okay. Okay. I didn't say anything. They swayed the person to the other side of the room. Throughout the course of that semester, that same student would stay after often and talk to me, not about God, but about his girlfriend who eventually became his fiance and the different difficulties that they're experiencing and things that we talked about in the lecture. We just developed this relationship where he'd stay after class. And on the last day of class, um, he came up to me and said, hey, I just want you to know, Dr. Day, that it's actually going to make me cry. Hmm. He said, I just want you to know that if there is a God, I do hope it's yours. Wow. And then he walked out of the classroom. I had never talked about theology with this student. I never gave one of my sermons. I didn't do a Bible study. I didn't show any Bible passages, right? Mm -hmm. But there was something in my, in just our relationship together Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. had the last thing he wanted to say to me be, hey, you know what? If there is a God, I do hope it's yours. That is what I mean to stand in the gap for a generation that unfortunately has had whatever situations or encounters that they've experienced that has made them believe that if there is a God, then he is angry. If there is a God, then he hates them. If there is a God, then he's out to get you if you mess this up. Mm. How do we as Christians live a life as, as, um, Paul would say in Ephesians 4, live a life that is worthy mm-hmm. of the call of which we have received. And what he says that call looks like is he says, in all humility and yeah. patience, bearing yeah. with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. How do we stand in that gap? I'm not talking about the argumentative algorithm gap that that Twitter loves. I'm talking about really living with people in such a way that even if they don't Mm -hmm. believe in God, that they would walk away from three months with you or two months with you or (laughs) a day with you and say, man, you know what? If there is a God, I do hope it's yours. Wow. Wow. That is so good. And I love that you unpack that through the story, a storytelling portion of it because I can totally see it. 
And I, mm. I, I mean, just even thinking about the culture that we are living in today and how they do need that gap. But that that just makes me think even about what you just shared is this sense of discipleship, mentorship. I mean, there's there's a difference, but even what you're talking about this young man, I mean, you were really in so many ways discipling him just through the process of being who you are, believing the way that you believe, walking out just to, uh, humility obviously is what you were showing to this young man and the rest of your class, not coming at it through an egg, angry or a frustrated way or um, beating them down some way, but that you were really coming at them through who you are authentically transparent uh, in all the ways. And that's the part of the communication, I think, that's so important with this generation. And mm. how do we how do we share that in a way that we are good com- communicators. Um, we're storytellers. We, you know, I work in entertainment and media. I tell stories through directing and acting and writing. How do we actually tackle these topics? With we know the numbers, the kids are walking away from the church. We yeah. we know what they're getting day in and day out is they're getting bombarded with Twitter feeds or Instagram feeds or social media, whatever that looks like. They're being swayed away from um, being humble and kind, which we think that that's what they're constantly sharing. But the reality is, is they're actually sharing exclusion versus the inclusion Mm -hmm, or the mm -hmm. humility factor. How do we become better storytellers or communicators to get to this generation in a way that we can influence through um, the stories that we're telling, that, that we actually are not hitting them over the head, but that we're loving on them even more so, or that we're doing it. You know, you, you're a professor of communication. How do we do that? Because they live in the world of social media with a phone up to their face. What did, what are those things look like if you're not able to be in the room with somebody, but yet you're posting or you're sharing something, what does it look like to be a good communicator with them? Mm. I mean, I, I, it's such a huge topic to even get my mind around and sorry, mm-hmm. it's, but I think that how do we become better communicators or storytellers to influence them for Christ through that art of storytelling? How do we do that um, and influence them to have a situation where it was just like that young man walked out of the room with you and said that to you? How do we do that and do that in a way that we captivate that audience? I think what I really, truly love about the story I told is it feels in so many ways like it wasn't me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think good. that is the beginning is right. like, let's focus on our own communication mm-hmm. with God, mm-hmm. our own mm-hmm. placing ourselves before the Spirit every single day, our yeah. own commitment to study um, in Scripture, and let God do what God does through his image bearers. We just reflect. Mm. And I'm telling you, like, it is, I, it's so funny to me because I, at the time, especially, I'm, I've kind of moved on this since, but at the time that this story would have happened, at that moment, I would have much rather have said something, even in that mm. activity, to prove to them that God was real. I had the <laughs> research back then. Right. Like I had things running in my mind and I was like, Ooh, Lord, I am not going to sit here and let these people talk about you. I'm going to say, and I felt very strongly, don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. And what it taught me is that 
I, I think what it taught me is that it truly is the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that draws people to himself. And if we can empty ourselves enough, I think, to reflect that image mm. by listening, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's not so much about finding the right words as much right. as it was me truly, I think, just sitting after class. I, I am telling you, I don't think we ever had a theological conversation one time. So wow. that's why when he said that at the end, I was very startled because mm. I started running. What in, what did I even do? We talked about his girlfriend. We talked about his parents. We talked about the content. That was it. Yeah. yeah. But he wow. knew, I think from the beginning, because I had said I wrote Christian books, he knew where I stood, even though I never mm. said it. Wow. So I just wow. think, I think what I would say this for, and this is true of communication in general. A lot of times people think the best communicators are the best orators or the best speakers. I'm, research shows time and time again, it's the best listeners. Yeah. I, I'm going to raise my hand to that because I really believe that that's true. What yeah. we take in and then the way that we're able to output. I mean, that's how I feel like I actually work on set too, is when I'm directing, I'm listening, I'm watching, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm, there's, you know, millions of things all happening at one time. And, and if I'm not a good listener, I can't actually go up and resolve or or take in the problem and then put it back out the way that it needs to be communicated to the team that I'm working with. You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. I also think that what's brilliant about that, it is such a great reminder, is that truly it says, you know, in the word, you know, we're supposed to be salt and light, right? And so people Mm -hmm. want, they're drawn to the salt and the light. It's that light within us that people are drawn to. They want, they, and and I do believe that a culture that is dying, like the culture that we're living in today, Mm -hmm. want to be around people who are Holy Spirit filled, who are light and salt. They don't even know, but they're so drawn in that they have to they they just want to they they just want to be next to you. They want to understand what what do you have that I don't have? I'm so convinced yeah. of this because people will say to me all the time, uh, what do we do because everybody like it, people hate Christians and I'm like, "Huh, I understand that you think that online. I see it online. I get that." Right, right, but right. I know in my real life, that's not my experience. If he be lifted mm-hmm. up, he draw all people to himself. In my real life, Mhm. I don't know people who don't like people who respect them on average, right? Like I don't know people who don't like people who care for them and are encouraging to them and -hmm. are sensitive to their needs. I don't, I don't know a lot of people who reject that. So in my real life, I have found just God to be genuinely good and the Holy Spirit to genuinely do the work. And as long as Mm -hmm. I do my own inner work, I worry so much less about, saying the right thing. 
Mm-hmm. Because so much, I mean, I'm sure we've all, as Christians, I think, had that experience where somebody ends up hearing something that you are like, did I say that? Right? Like, <laughs> haven't we all had that experience? Where absolutely. Like, and then, yeah. Absolutely. Somebody says like, and then you said to me, and you're like, I said that? You know? Because you're not thinking anything of it. And I, I, I'm just, yeah. I really just, I, my, um, what is even the word? Like my, I, I'm so enamored or I'm so, I so trust. Mm-hmm. that the power of the Holy Spirit is still very much real and very much alive. Yes. And if I can just connect myself, so that's where I get, where I want to yeah. make sure every single day, like I would, my students know, I've, I tell them in the beginning of the semester, you will never see me teach a class if mm-hmm. I haven't spent time with the Lord first. I just want you to know that. I yeah. will never walk in this classroom without making sure mm-hmm. I was on my knees before the Lord before, because yeah. you deserve a teacher who has done that. I believe very much that that is my responsibility as a Christian is to place my heart before the Lord every single day. Absolutely. And then I kind of just live (laughs) and God (laughs) does what God does because God sees all these things I cannot see and it Mm -hmm. becomes far less complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's, but what you're sharing is that vertical, that time with the Lord is so imperative every morning to get you up and set you in motion because he's the one truly setting you in motion. If you're laying down your life for him and you're laying everything out to say, use me for your kingdom, for your glory today, Lord, use me and let me encounter who you want me to encounter. The only way for us to do that is to get on our knees and have that conversation with him and let him pour into us so that when we are vertically being poured forth into that way, when we do walk into a room and we encounter those that wherever we might be, whether you're teaching or speaking or whatever career or your family, your husband, your children, we have an opportunity. You know, we really have an opportunity to not take from within ourselves, but really to, to, to lean on Christ, to lean on that Holy Spirit so that we can put forth what He desires from us to pour forth. Because just like you said, man, there are so many moments I go, I I have no idea what I said to you and and really thank God that I don't because I don't have the words. Right. I'm not I'm not an eloquent speaker. So thank you Jesus that you showed up in that moment because if you didn't I would have failed miserably. Yes. You know. And 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 that's what I hope that sounds so amazing to me with the story that you told about this young man because it sounds like you tap into the Lord every single day. You spend your time with him first and you you take everything from that perspective into where you're going. And that's really what our this younger generation needs to see. There's an example there too. You're actually doing that work first to take in the Lord with you so that what they see is the Lord first and foremost. They don't see Heather, they see the Lord. I hope so. They don't even know maybe what they see, but they're seeing right. something that they're like, wow, I, I really want to know more about what it is about her that she's shining so bright. She's a light. She's authentically teaching. I, I, I just, I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm like, I'm sitting here going, you and I need to be in a room together having coffee. And I just need to like, listen to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's so kind. Like, you're, just, you're so, no, I, I, I think this is, I, I have a I have my children and and I want to talk a little bit about being a mama too and and what you do every day day in and day out but you know my heart as a mentor 
and somebody who works with women a lot, um, you know, I want to make sure that I am a good communicator and that we are really uh, doing these things day in and day out that Christ would have us do first mm-hmm. and and how we're pouring into them. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about just mentorship because that's really, okay. and there is a difference between discipleship and mentorship, um, and talk a little bit about how you how you go about mentorship and what does that look like for you in your life as you encounter others? Yeah. So often the only times I find myself where I am mentoring is with my students. Mm. I I try to be, I'm just somebody that I, I like things to be simple. So all I require of myself is to be faithful to what God has actually put in my hand. And so for mm-hmm. me, every single day I know, okay, these students that I'm going to have in this class, like this is what God has placed in my hand. I don't have to look any further mm-hmm. than this classroom. And so then when students come um, who – actually, this generation, I, one thing I'll say about them that I think is very fascinating because when I taught 12 years ago, I never saw this. And now I see it all the time. This is a generation that's craving mentorship. Yeah. Um, they, I've never had a generation of students like we have in the last three years who will mm-hmm. come up and say, hi, can we have lunch? I'd like to ask you X, Y, and Z. That's really fascinating to me that they mm-hmm. are so in tune with even the desires of their own hearts. Um, but yeah. so for me, mentorship, and I think this is by the Fuller Institute, is journeying with someone with the goal of their flourishing. And so that's what it looks like, right? Just mm-hmm. journeying with somebody with the desire and that they know that my desire is to watch mm-hmm. you flourish. Yeah. And so what? how do we make use of the time that we spend together in our relationship um, where I can maybe tell you some things that I've seen that you maybe you just haven't experienced them yet? I, what I find to be very helpful with my students, what I spend a lot of my time doing is just letting them know like this is okay. Like mm-hmm. it's okay that this is so hard. Yeah. It's okay that you're failing. It's okay that you're experiencing rejection. Guess what? Heather has too. Mm-hmm. Every step mm-hmm. of the way. Right. I've been unsure. You want to know what I have found has been very helpful for this generation in particular is telling them that I often don't know where I'm going. Mm. They look at yep. me and they say, oh, like she has it all figured out. And I'm like, you want to know what? Not at all. Like I have no idea. <laughs> no. And, and God, mm-hmm. at least in my experience, and maybe somebody listening is like, no, God's given me the whole piece. Maybe he does that for some people. For me, it has been yeah. piece by piece, by little, yeah. by little, by little, and just being faithful to what he put in my hand. And then the mm-hmm. next day being faithful. And then eventually 10 years you look back and you say, oh my goodness, I can't believe how far the Lord has brought me. And I would have never guessed 10 years ago that I'd be sitting here having a conversation with you right now, right? But we just be faithful little by little. And I think we tell them those parts of the journey, not like the highlights, but really let them know the lows so that Mm -hmm. when they experience it, this is a generation that when they experience um, anything that's not instant, they feel like something is broken or defective in them or in their relationship. God is angry with me. That's just life. Yeah, That is the journey, right? So how do we tell them the reality of the journey? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and I think what you're saying is they have to see that a lot of times too. Even when we're mentoring, they have to see some of the things that you go through. And it's not about you having perfection. It's about really continuing the obedience, continuing to be, to understand that you have to take each and every step every day and believe that God is faithful, that he is, he is a provider and provision, but that doesn't mean that it eliminates us from walking out and doing a task that we've been called to. Right. Um, And so I think there's so often they need to see like, hey, listen, it's not about me sitting back and doing nothing today and just kind of like going, okay, God, whatever you know. Yes, I'm going to lean into the Lord for what he has for me, but I'm going to walk this out and it, I may fail. Right. I may have success. But through my failure, I'm going to learn something I know more so than anything. Probably I'm going to have to lean back on the Lord again because I probably walked in my own understanding versus his. Um, And it teaches me and it sharpens me. But you're right. Like in today's culture, everything happens quickly. I can't tell you Mm -hmm. how many times I've had um, women talk to me about mentorship. And it's like mentorship is a long. Yep journey. It's not about what happens today or tomorrow. It's about you and I doing life together so that we can actually work through what it is that God has for not just you, but me as well. Like we're taking a journey together. Mm -hmm. And I see today in this generation that everything, like you said, it's like, it has to happen instantaneously. And if it doesn't, maybe I'm not supposed to be here. Maybe God doesn't want me here. That's exactly If they don't even, if they're not even leaning into the Lord, they're like, well, maybe it's not supposed to be. Well, here's the deal. Let me tell you about the last 25 years of my life. Yes. Yes. And let me tell you what I would never, when I went to Hollywood at 40 years old, everybody said I would fail because I was 40. But let me tell you where that 40 is to now to 53. Like, let me tell you what that journey has looked like because it hasn't always been easy. But my God is a faithful God. Yes. And that's the difference, I think, in today in mentoring. And I, I love that you said that just like, man, your kids in your class, I love that he's put you there and he's given you actual vision for those are the kids that you're doing life with day in and day out and mentoring. Do you think that it's harder for young women today that you're dealing with versus young men? Or do you feel like social media communication in the world in general is impacting them both equally? Mm, I, I think there is equal despair. I mean, we mm. th- this generation is, I think, one of the first generations that don't feel hopeful yeah. for their futures. Wow. You know, I, I will say this too. When I first started teaching, what I loved about the university culture is it was this place where, like, my students back like 10 years ago would just be like, well, why can't we? When it Mm -hmm. came to like any idea about changing the world, they just believed that they could. And then they were going to go out there and try, right? And today that piece is not there. Um, I'm not quite sure what has happened, but there's not that like optimism Hmm. or that, hey, let's just go out there and try. Uh, It's just very different. Um, In Mm -hmm. the last 10 years, I've seen this shift. And so that's why even I was... Loving what you were saying about what, telling people the truth of the reality of our yeah. own lives. That's, I really think that's so much of, that's the gospel. That's sharing your testimonies, that's right? That's that that's encourages testimony. other people to say, oh, it doesn't mean I've done anything wrong. This is actually right. part of the journey. Right. It's so important right. that we know our own stories. 
Well, and that's the part of I love that. And I, and I know we're close on our time, so I want to get to a couple other things. But I think, you know, I love in the book of Revelation, it talks about by your testimony and by the yes. blood, right? And that's the difference so often, too, even in the discipleship versus the mentoring, right? Discipleship, I want to know that you're walking in your faith with Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I want to pour into you. I want you to to I want to know that you you know I'm sharpening you in that journey with Christ that that mm-hmm. therefore you can go out then and pour into others and yeah. make disciples right because you're pouring into them and you're sharing the message of the gospel whereas mentorship I feel like I want to I know you if if you know Jesus you're covered you're the blood here we go and then I want you to understand the testimony the testimony part of it is I was messy I had a really ugly you know x amount of years of my life life. Thank you, Lord, that you came in redemption, restoration, and preparation, as I always say. And you gave me a hope for the future. And if I can share anything with any of the ones that I walk along, primarily for me, women, um, I want to I want to walk on. I love that you said hope. I want to give them a hope for the future. Yes. It might not be today or tomorrow, but I want to give them a hope for the future because the Lord knows his plan that he's laid out before us. Mm-hmm. And we don't but he calls us to obedience. And so I I think it's fantastic to know our stories, to know and be able to share those and to know and be able to share them with the hope. Hey, yeah. I can share with you the the messy past that I had. And you know what? It's okay because Jesus died on the cross for me. And guess what? He, he covered that sin, you know, yep. but people yep. get scared anymore to share those things. I want, before you and I go, because I love your heart um, for women too, and, and I was I was looking at this and I'm like, I got to join this community. Tell us about your online community called I'm That Wife, because I, I just celebrated 26 years with my husband and I was oh, thinking, man, I need to, thank you. I need to jump into this and, and understand I'm that wife because I feel like that's what I say all the time. I'm his, I'm that wife. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that wife. And I love this. So tell us about it before I have to let you go. Yeah. Um, So I do want to say I'm that wife is not um, Christian. It is something I started with my best friend when both of us were kind of stay at home moms um, and just felt super isolated. Mm. And she is Christian now, but she wasn't when we started the blog together. Um, I remain a Christian in everything I do, but we just mm-hmm. wanted to build community for women that were at the stage of life where they yeah. were just feeling either like their only purpose was to support their husbands and their dreams and not even know what their own were, or mm-hmm. they were feeling like they weren't having any adult conversation all day because they're at home with little kids, (laughs) right? Women just constantly give and give and give to all people around them. And so we wanted to create a space where they would be able to receive. And I hope that that's what we did with I'm That Wife. I love that. Well, and one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you about it is because a lot of the women that I work with and mentor, especially in Hollywood, they still, I mean, they're having their children and there's always the struggle between 
career and entertainment yes. or the career and husband and what are we giving up? And and so I think it's a great community for, for women to plug into. So I'm excited Thank that you. you're doing that. Um, gosh, I would love to sit here with you for way longer. I have a whole list of things I wanted to talk to you about <laughs> and hopefully we'll get to do this again. I love that you are with Christianity today and Thank you. I wanted to talk to you more about Viral Jesus. I love listening to it. Everybody that's Thank on you. here listening right now, check out Viral Jesus. It's an incredible uh, podcast and the conversations you have are so inspirational and um, educational. I will say Thank educational so as well. Um, tell us how everybody can follow you, find yeah. you, you're a speaker as well. So tell them that really quick before I yeah, let you go. Yeah, go to my website, heatherthompsonday.com and I send out a weekly newsletter every single Friday. It's just a little email of encouragement. You can sign up for that by going to my website, heatherthompsonday.com, scrolling to the bottom and typing in your email to sign up. Awesome. Awesome. And then social media, you also on IG? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Heather Thompson Day. And I think my Twitter is Heather T for Thompson, Heather T Day, D-A-Y. Heather T Day. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for thank being you. with us. And I just want to give a shout out to Edify, our partner. And um, thank you for always sponsoring us, Edify, and making sure that our podcasts go up and that people are actually being influenced by the conversations that we're having. Thanks again, Heather. And I'm so, I'm excited that you are now a woman in my world. And um, just thank you for sharing and influencing us through this conversation. Thank you for having me. 